great feast with all of your family and loved ones. I tell you, it was wonderful, and I just felt the presence of the Lord, and I feel so good to be here this morning and to look back and know that a lot of my family got to come and be with, I got to be with them when I usually don't get to, so it was a great blessing. How many of you enjoyed Thanksgiving? Let me see your hand. Oh, it's beautiful, and welcome this morning to all of you that are here and to you that are live watching by live stream. We appreciate you taking time to worship the Lord with us today. We've just come from our early service at 8.30, and then our Sunday school hour at 9.30, and now our mid-morning service. That means that tonight we have our special service, the mix service, which is for, especially for all those 20s and 30-year-olds. And maybe if you're on the borderline a little ways, it's okay, but they, we always have older adults that come too. I do, and I always enjoy the blessing of the Lord with the young people. So if you want to uh, come and be with us tonight, we invite you to do that and worship the Lord. And the close of the year is coming soon, so we're going to get in all of our wonderful Christmas programs, and you keep watching the bulletin, take that with you, and you can know what to expect. Now we want to greet all of you that are here today. I know there's several visitors. If you're here and you have a visitor by your side, Let's do it like this today. There's a visitor, like a good-looking guy named Brian, and he's standing by your side. Raise your hand up, Peggy, because that good-looking son of yours is here. Yeah, that's him. If you have a visitor with you today, let me see your hand all over the building. Several of you brought loved ones with you. That's good. We're glad that you are here today. Let's get out in the aisles now and greet one another and shake hands and be friendly. God bless you. Splendor of a king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. Trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God.
Amen. How many agree this morning that our God is great? Amen. We don't need a holiday to be thankful this morning. We know that we're thankful for God's grace and His mercy. We all celebrate the goodness and the greatness of God this morning. That's why we're here and we come together to worship. I want to read this scripture and we're going to pray over the nation of Israel today. If you'll join with me, it says this in Psalm 72, 18. It says, Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, the God of Israel who alone does marvelous deeds. Pray with me this morning. Father, we love you and we worship you. We adore you, God. And we know as your people, God, that on your heart and mind is the nation, the people of Israel, the state of Israel even, God, is upon your heart today. And God, we pray over them. And God, we pray your mercies be upon them. We pray your strength be upon them. We know that your blessing and your plan is going forth and will play out, God, according to your word. Not God, not this world's. And God, we pray that you give her strength against her enemies. We pray for prosperity within her walls. And God, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem this morning. God, we agree together and we support and pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Testing one. There we go. Thank you, Cameron. It's good to have Cameron home, isn't it? Good to have he and Whitney and Blakely and Presley back home. I saw on the news this morning that all of Oklahoma had freezing rain. And I was like, uh-huh, see, come back home. This morning we are praying for uh, the Les Daniel family. Um, Brother Les, who would be sitting right back there by the reeds very faithfully as he always always has for many many years he passed away this morning so we want to pray for his wife Cindy and his daughter Cindy and Carmen and Downey and all the grandkids very unexpected and uh, uh, hearts are broken this morning I just spoke with them on the phone we want to remember them in special prayer this morning also still remembering the uh, Bill Mann family as you know, Bill Mann passed away, and our services for him were this week. Uh, Sister June is in need of our prayers, as well as Gary and Kathy. Many don't know. I found out through the funeral, Kathy, that a lot of folks never put two and two together, that Bill Mann was your father. And uh, some folks who are new to our church may not have known that. So we want to we pray for Kathy and for Gary. They were very affected by this. Uh, Brother Mann was a giant in our church, having served 54 years on our church council. 
on our building committees and just a teacher and preacher of the Word of God, and we love him. And he's made heaven a lot brighter. Awesome place to be. Sweeter and sweeter, as they say, as the days go by. But we want to pray for them. Also, Jerry Martin's family, his mother passed away this week. We want to remember all the Martins who are part of our church. They've been going through a difficult week as well. Remembering Shelby Thompson, who needs our prayers. She's been in the hospital and def definitely in need of, of a miraculous prayer. Why don't you have just a moment here where we'll stand together and we're going to pray over these needs and ask the Lord to be with them. How many of you would say, Pastor, we have a need in our family, a very serious need. I want God to move. We need a miracle. Okay, all over the, all over the church. Let's remember all of these folks who are going through it, going through difficult times, and let's pray for them now. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we understand and know your word says to cast all of our care on you because you care for us. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would be with each of these families, that you would touch them, comfort them, strengthen them, be with them. Let your Holy Spirit, as is promised in your word, be an undergirding strength. And I pray that you'll be comfort and you'll be peace that surpasses all understanding. Be with especially the Daniels family this morning as they are dealing with the death and the passing of Les, Lord, who's just been in heaven for about an hour. I pray that you will touch and minister to each of them. Let them feel your presence very close to them now in this moment of difficulty. We pray for all these other families. And Lord, every hand that was lifted up, every need, every heart that is hurting, every trial, every need of provision, we believe in a God who is able to bring every need to a victorious, miraculous end. We ask you these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and give you praise. Amen. Amen. Turn to look at somebody and say, you're looking mighty fine today. And uh, you can be seated. My goodness, I didn't say make plans for lunch. I just said... Just say hi. <laughs> Y'all like to fellowship, don't you? That's awesome. Is Steve and, and Beth Blower, are you here today? They're supposed to be here in service. They're, stand up, you guys. Beth and Steve, are your kids here with you today as well? They're back. They've come to us from North Carolina. Is that right? North Carolina, where they're, they're now uh, youth pastors at the Farmington Heights Church of God. Do you remember Steve and Beth were interns here at our church for quite a while and part of our church family? We miss them, but we're so proud of them because they are doing so great. That they've went on down to North Carolina to one of the largest churches in the Church of God as well as North Carolina. And so we're just very proud of them and that they came by here when they're home for Thanksgiving to see us. So awesome. And I get to take you to lunch, so I'm excited about that too. Also, I see uh, Brian is here with us today. Brian, we appreciate you being here and visiting with us while you're visiting with Mom. A wonderful gentleman from New York City, and we're proud that he's with us today. And all of our visitors. Our ushers are coming to serve you, and as they do, uh, we want to be thankful for God's gifts to us. How many of you would say, Pastor, I'm blessed? God has blessed me. 
I heard somebody say this last week. It kind of blew me away. If you got 75 cents of change anywhere between here and the house, then you are in the top percentile of the richest people on the face of the earth. Now I'll ask it again. How many of you are blessed? <laughs> Amen. If you got 75 cents at the house, you're one of the richest people in the world. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, it says, give and it'll be given to you. Now I hope this week that you have been challenged to blasts of kindness. I hope that God has laid it on your heart and you've been working the city and I've been loving the testimonies on the Facebook page, Blast of King, Kindness Campaign. Many of you have been testifying to how God is using you to, uh, to bless other people. And your blasts of kindness have been, some bring tears to your eyes, others of them are hilarious and funny, and others of them are just really nice. So we're thankful that you're doing that. We're keeping this up all through the month of December. As we get closer to Christmas, we are just hitting this entire community with kindness. And uh, I love, we've seen notes. There was a note posted at a theater where some people were paying it forward and just all, with snacks and all kinds of things. People at grocery stores and restaurants all over the place. People just being kind in the name of Christianity. And that's so cool for us to just do this with a heart to serve and love our community. So thank you for that. Um, I told you last week that I would be challenging you to... A, a weekly challenge for the whole church. Last week we said, hey, find five folks that you can appreciate. Just write them a note, send them a Facebook, send them a card, call them on the phone, something. Five people that you would say, hey, I'm thankful for you, and this is why. And explain to them why you're grateful for them in your life. I hope you've done that. If you haven't done that, you've got this week to finish up, because I'm adding the second challenge. The second challenge is I'd like you to find two individuals or families that you are making a concerted effort to pay it forward. And what that means is you start this chain reaction of giving. It may be that you buy someone's meal. I mean out of the blue. You don't know them from Adam. You buy their meal or you pay for someone in the drive-thru behind you or you do something just really crazy. I mean the crazier the better. The more fun it is if you do it and it's just not normal. So we want you to find two individuals or two families this week, at least, that you can pay it forward. Do something that is just totally ridiculously out of the box on being kind. And as you do that, I believe we're going to honor God. So I want your stories. Go on Facebook, Blast of Kindness Campaign through Stratford Heights. Tell us what's going on with you. And uh, tell us about your unique story. But as we give, we give as unto the Lord. We don't pay it forward with God. We're actually being obedient to God. When we give of our tithe and we give to the kingdom, we're giving to the economy of God's kingdom in the earth, his work in the earth. And so you're blessed. How many of you would say, I have learned a long time ago, Pastor, that giving is something that I, I have been blessed and I have learned the principles of in my life through the Bible and through the Holy Spirit's work in my life. I'm telling you, it's an amazing, amazing principle. And so as you give today, 
You're giving your tithe, you're giving in obedience. As you give in your offerings, you're giving to world missions. All the loose offering today will go to our world missionaries all around the world where we support and love and help them in the ministry. So the church practices what it preaches. We're going to give the offering both in 830 and 1040. We give it away to world missions around the world. So help us as we help God's kingdom around the world. Father, as we come before you, we thank you. You're a God who gives. You first gave to us. You're certainly not a taker. The world would try to define you as a God who takes, but we know differently. Your word and in our own relationships with you, we have found you to be a God who is a giver. I pray that you will touch every heart who is prepared today to give. Bless them. Touch them. And those who are giving in obedience, Lord, that is how they'll be blessed through the obedience. You will open up opportunities. You will open up promotion. You will give them, Lord, over and over again, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I thank you for the provision that comes from you. I pray over our missionaries that, Lord, what we give today will help them meet needs wherever they are, in Africa, Eastern and Western Europe, South America, wherever we are, in Israel. Lord, we pray that you will touch the missionaries we support. Lay your hand on them. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As we give, we give unto you. Amen. Peace of God, cover me. Cover me. Cover me. Peace of God, cover me. Cover me when I am 
sense your presence this morning. We welcome you into this house. You are to be glorified. We worship you. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you, take me back, take me back to your Lord where I first believed, take me back, take me back to your Lord to the place where I first received you. Take me back. Take me back. Take me back to the Lord where I first believed. Take me back.
can almost see as 
the woman with the, the alabaster box as she enters into that house filled with people. As she walks up, she sees the Lord sitting over on a chair. She remembers. She could have sang this very song this morning. Take me back, Lord. I'm here giving you all I have. I'm here to lavish my praise on you because of all that you've done. for. How many of you are thankful for where the Lord's brought you from? Hallelujah. Thankful for where the Lord has brought you. It's an old, old song. Way back. Brother McLean used to sing it. Way back in the day. Said he got saved to it. But McLean. It was Thornton McLean. How many remember Thornton McLean? He would get up and he'd say, When the Lord saved me, he had to reach way down for me. An old song says, When he reached down his hand for me. I don't know where you've come from. Maybe you didn't have it so bad. But I remember when God saved me. And I remember where he brought me from. And I'm thankful this morning. You see behind me these gentlemen. I believe they're here. Yeah. The men of valor. Special treat for you this morning. I happened to be going by and stepped into the rehearsal one Tuesday evening. And as I did, I, they were practicing this song they're going to sing for you. Jane handed me a book and she said, listen to the words of this song. And boy, I tell you, it touched my heart to consider the message of this song. It says, hope, hope has hands. And it goes on to say just so many beautiful things about grace. Grace has face. It shares and, and sends a great message for this first Sunday of Advent where we focus on hope. Yeah, and the words are in the bulletin. So check that out as they're singing today. But I'm thankful that they're going to sing it in, in honor of the Advent today. And also, I want to make mention that we're glad to see Rick Wiley up here. I mentioned this at 830 Rick was in a terrible car accident this week. Do you know what he said? Sitting on the ER table, all banged up and blood everywhere. He looked up at me and he said, if Lord will help me, I'm going to sing Sunday. I'm going to be there. And I said, well, if you can't, you know it's all right. And he said, I'm going to be there. He's here. <laughs> I love you. I believe the Lord touched him, and we prayed, and, and I know that the church prayed, and so many of you, so we're glad they're with us. Listen to the words of this song as we begin today, the Advent, preparing our hearts in preparation for the coming of the Lord. Christmas. What a beautiful word. A word that brings hope, love, joy, and peace. But there was a time in this world when it was a world of darkness, and darkness filled the earth. And God sent a man named Isaiah to bring to the world a word of hope. 
He said, go tell my children these words. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name will be Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Some 1,500 years later, there was a star shining over Bethlehem. And wise men from afar followed this star, for they wanted to see this child that was born in Bethlehem. This child with the name of Jesus. Listen to the words of the song and the story that they told as they went their way. a tear, joy has laughter, here ever after, peace has a smile, redemption's blood has veins to flow in, 
a temple to glow in for light is a child hope has hands freedom has feet truth will stand the word will speak the holy and lowly will finally embrace for love has a heartbeat and grace has a Thank you, gentlemen. Hope has hands. Love has a heartbeat. And grace has a face. His name is Jesus. That's what Christmas is really about. We get sometimes all caught up in the, the gifts and the lights and the hustle and the bustle and Rudolph and the reindeers. And we love those things. I'm not one of those guys who pounds and condemns people for enjoying Christmas. I love Christmas. I cry every time the island of misfit toys all gets rescued. <laughs> but it's important that we never forget what it's all really about. It's about the beauty and the wonder of God's promised gift to the earth, the Advent. Here at our church, we celebrate the Advent. Several years ago, I introduced that to our congregation, and a lot of folks scratched their head and was like, we don't do that in our church. And I said, we do now. <laughs> because what it simply means is the coming. Preparing our hearts for the coming. Well. I could tell you all about it, but our guys back in the video department, they have helped me tremendously. In about two minutes, they'll say what I'd say in ten. So I'm going to let them tell the story of what the Advent is all about.
So that about wraps it up. Where are we going to lunch? <laughs> the Advent, preparing our hearts. Instead of rushing up on December 25th or 24th and saying, oh my goodness, tomorrow's Christmas. How late are the stores open? Instead of all the rushing and all of the, the stress, we take four weeks to prepare our hearts for the four most beautiful gifts that God has given to the earth. Hope, peace, joy, and love. We take a, a little time every year in the Sunday morning services to prepare ourselves with those four messages because those are the four greatest gifts that God has given to the earth. What would we do without each one of them? And so as we prepare, we begin today the promise the promise, come to the earth, the hope and anticipation, the waiting, is all about the first gift, hope. And I've asked, we had a family, uh, Melissa Graw and her mother Pam, where the family's represented in our 830 service, and at 1040, we have the Onis, and uh, we love them so much. This is Barbara Jean, Gladys, and Hans, and uh, they're with us today to represent their family uh, Hans, as you know, serves on our, our church council, and Gladys also in counter ministries and every other area we can get her volunteership, and, uh, but all of the family has served. Barbara Jean's grown up in our youth ministry and served there, and we're so proud of them as they represent today the family that will light the candle of hope. And as I do, I'd ask you to stand as we read from God's holy word this morning. I'm going to be reading a little bit of the Christmas story each week until we get to the last week. So today I'll leave you with a cliffhanger, and then we'll talk about our text for this morning's message on hope. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took place while 
Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, each one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of, Ju of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. He was there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. I'm leaving you right there. Next week, we'll pick it up, and I'll tell you what happens next. As if you don't know. As the family leaves, I would read our text from Romans chapter 15, verse 12. This is where we talk about the promise that has become the gift, the gift of hope. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, an offspring of Jesse, the father of David. And he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. Then verse 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I should say, can you say wow instead of amen? Wow. What a gift. What a gift given to us at Christmas. Hope. I'm telling you, I don't know what we'd do without it. You don't realize how much a part of your life hope is this morning. It's a great gift that God gave to us. Let's pray. Our Father, as we come before you this morning, we thank you for this most amazing and marvelous gift. Thank you for hope. Lord, we thank you for the truth behind it, the promises fulfilled. Lord, that your gift to us is the gift that that helps us to get up in the morning and to continue because of the hope that you've poured inside of us. Lord, we have such peace and joy and love in the Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll be with us today. Challenge us and speak to us to embrace this gift of hope, perhaps as we never have before, as we prepare our hearts for Christmas. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I want you to turn to somebody before you're seated and, and I want you to say the word that is politically incorrect these days. I want you to look at him and say, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Amen. You may be seated. Bah humbug on happy holidays. My happy holiday was Thursday and boy, it was it happy. I had a lot of turkey, ham, and chicken. We had it all. No telling how many farm animals had to be sacrificed. <laughs> you know, when I think about hope, there's a beautiful story that doesn't come from the Bible. It doesn't even come from It's a Wonderful Life. It doesn't come from Ebenezer. It comes from the Grinch. Oh, you remember, the Grinch. The Grinch who stole Christmas. The Grinch comes up with a sinister plan to stop Christmas from coming to Whoville. 
Once the last who in Whoville had gone to sleep on Christmas Eve, the Grinch disguised himself as St. Nicholas, sneaks into every house in the village, taking everything that has to do with Christmas. The Grinch steals presents, food, stockings, decorations, and even the tree, and will not even leave a crumb on the floor for the mouse. Oh yes, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. As the Grinch climbs the mountain with his trusty little dog in tow, with all the Christmas bounty, he positively is pleased with himself that he has absolutely ruined Christmas. For all the Who's in Whoville, no one will be happy this Christmas morning. <laughs> you like the drama, huh? The Grinch listens intently for the first stirring of hooves as the lights come up and the lights come on around the trees that are no longer there. Waiting for the sound of children crying, he pulls out his ear when suddenly, listen to this poem, every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came somehow or other. It came just the same. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours Till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't thought of before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, is something a little bit more. That right there is one of the greatest illustrations of hope of hope. All the Who's down in Whoville, they loved Christmas, and enjoyed Christmas, but Christmas to them was so much more. That's why at funerals like this week for Bill Mann, we quoted the scripture that says, for we sorrow not as those who have no hope. A hope is found in God, and what an amazing gift that is. An amazing gift that God has given us hope. For when the trials come, and the diseases strike, and the job is no longer available, and the money's not there, and the troubles are all around us, the hurting, the depression, the discouragement tries to hit us, we as believers in God, we look up. We have hope. We carry hope. When we walk away from the cemetery, we don't walk away with a grief that is overwhelming because we know we have hope. We know that we will see our loved ones again. We know that the promises of God's Word fill us with promises that we can carry with us all of our lives. Promises that fill us with hope, that beautiful gift. Because Christmas is not about presents. But it's about presence. You say, what? 
It's not about presence with a T, it's about presence with a C. C. It's about the presence, the presence of God in our lives. What did Isaiah say? Bud, you, you quoted from Isaiah. He was telling us he's Emmanuel, God with us. That's our hope. God with us. Greatest gift ever given to mankind was the promise fulfilled that you and I have the absolute truth alive inside of our bones, inside of us, a fire inside of us that can't be shut up, a silence that cannot linger within us because we have this truth barreling over and over in our soul, no matter what hits us, no matter what we go through. I've been amazed watching the testimonies of this pastor in Indiana whose wife was brutally murdered. I don't know if you saw the, the reports. It's just so sad. She was with child and, and a, a robber or thief broke into their home, attacked her, molested her, and killed her. And this, this young man, this young pastor, sitting there in front of the whole world with his eyes on him, everybody wanting to know Okay, does your religion, does your faith, does your belief in God, does it serve you now? With tears in his eyes as he looks into the camera, he says, she loved Jesus, I love Jesus. And Jesus loved her. And everything's going to be okay. And somehow, down deep inside of him, he even found forgiveness for the perpetrator, for the murderer. Where does that come from? I mean, it doesn't mean we've got our head up in the sky and we're some robotic figures that don't have emotion or feeling. His wife and his unborn child are dead. He's hurting. Behind closed doors, it's been reported that he wails and he weeps. But when he stands up and he goes out to face his day, he says, God is with me. God is with us. Emmanuel. There's a hope down inside of him the world cannot know, cannot have or experience. A hope that no matter what we face in this life, if we'll stay true to our beliefs, then we will know that everything is going to be okay. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We lean not to our own understanding. But in all of our ways, we acknowledge Him. And He directs our path. No matter what we face, whether it's a diagnosis or whether it's death, whether it's sickness or it's a loss of a job, loss of a family member, loss of, of, of trouble, having trouble in our lives to face, whatever it might be, we as believers have a confidence that is down inside of us because of Emmanuel, God with us. Hope has hands. Grace has a face. His name is Jesus. You and I have this hope alive in our lives. Romans chapter 12, Paul was quoting Isaiah when he said, a root of Jesse will spring up who will arise to rule over the nations. 
and Gentiles, the Gentiles will hope in Him. And then he goes on to say, May this God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow, what beautiful words. Hope is heaven sent. Hope is not of this world. It's not an I hope so. You've heard me preach that message before. I've heard people talk about God in the sense of, well, I hope He comes through. Well, I hope so. I hope. I hope things will be okay. I'll tell man, man things are going to be okay. I'm, tr- I'm telling you, you can trust in a little well. I hope so. That's Antichrist. That's not biblical. It's not Christian. Don't ever say that again if you're one that's ever said it. Don't, don't ever look up to the heavens, the God who made it all, the God of hope. Don't ever look up to that sky or those mountains or the oceans around you and say, well, I hope He can. Where does that come from? He's God. He's God. And God came to earth. God became Son of Man. And for 33 and a half years, He walked the dusty roads of Jerusalem. He walked on water. He healed the sick, the lame, the deaf, and the blind. He even raised the dead. This same Lord, this God, this earth, 20 generations ago, He walked on the earth. Just 20 generations ago, He came as He promised. And hope was fulfilled. And you and I carry it in our hearts. We have hope alive. Hope has hands. What is the verses of that song? I wrote them down. And you have them in your bulletin today. In search of a child, they traveled so far, led by a star to a place of joy. Now the wise men tell a beautiful story describing the glory of a baby boy. Hope has hands. Freedom has feet. Truth will stand. The word will speak. Holy, the holy and lowly will finally embrace. For love has a heartbeat. Grace has a face. Compassion has a tear. Joy has laughter. Hereafter, peace has a smile. Redemption's blood has vein to flow in and a temple to glow in. For light is a child. Freedom has feet. Hope has hands. Truth will stand. The word will speak. The holy and lowly will finally embrace. For love has a heartbeat. Grace has a face. Can you almost hear a child? Jesus loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but we are strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me for the Bible. Tells me so. Isaiah's word and Paul gave it to us. There's a root in the ancestry of Jesse that's going to spring up. The son of David, the son of God. And when he comes, he will fill believers with hope. No, I hope so. I 
know so. I know so. Can you imagine? Sometimes the best way to truly look at hope and understand hope is to get outside of yourself and imagine a world where there was none. Imagine a world where Jesus didn't come. He didn't walk the streets of Bethlehem. He didn't go to the cross. He didn't die. There were no stars, no wise men. There were no shepherds. There was no walking on water. There were no miracles. There was no Lazarus coming out of a tomb. What if we were left to ourselves to continue to continue the sacrifices and to continue the life that they lived when all they had was the promise? You and I have been given the gift of hope alive. Hope alive, abounding, overwhelming within us. We should never face a trial. We should never face trouble. We should never face a discouraging... Honestly, can I say it? We should never face a discouraging day. And we are like, oh, wow. I mean, I have lots of those. We should tap in to the power of hope alive in us. We should tap into what God has given to us. Sometimes we put so much stock in one another. We put stock in the church and the preacher. We put stock in people. I mean, everything depends on whether they speak to me or they don't speak to me. They shake my hand or don't shake my hand. They, they talk to me or don't talk to me. They're there for me or not there for me. So many times we put all of our hope inside another human person. That's wrong. That's not what we're talking about. If you're looking to the church to meet your needs, guess what? We're going to fail you. Oh, Pastor Ray, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> we will fail you. The Christian sitting next to you will fail you. The mother, the father next to you, they will fail you. But Emmanuel, God with us, creator of the world and universe, he will never fail you, ever. Hallelujah. He will never fail. And he's come to the earth. He walked the earth. He lived a spotless, sinless life so that you and I could have a guiding star to look to. Isn't it amazing that he sent a star for the wise men? Isn't it wonderful that before OnStar came on, God had his own OnStar. He sent the shepherds all the way over to where the baby was located. I mean, the star sat right over. Talk about a GPS. I mean, mine gets me wrong all the time. Sometimes I want to smack the thing. I'm like, are you serious? I think I shared this with you. I might have. I, I did on Wednesday night. I was in Crossville, Tennessee, going to a funeral, and it was for my my uh, cousin and and I'm literally trailing through the mountains and through the, the roads and I'm going all the way and there she is and she's saying turn left at the next road and I'm like there is no road <laughs> it was a gravel driveway with a gate and a cow looking at me <laughs> I'm not kidding and I'm like you got this wrong she never apologized she said something about recalculating route. I'm like, 
But God put together this beautiful system. This beautiful system. To send another huge, beautiful message to us about hope. Trent, that was a beautiful illustration of him saying, I want you to find me. I'm not hiding. I want you to find me. Sister Wood, God wants us to find him. The beautiful illustration, every time I wonder about the will of God and where are you, God, I remember the wise men. I'm going to use them as my, my mentors for God's plan and God's will and God's path. Because he sent that star because he wanted to be found. And God wants to be found by you this morning. He wants you to experience the hope. He wants you to know he did come. He did come. Imagining a world without him, a world where he didn't come, would be horrible. We would be miserable. As the scripture points out, we would be of most men miserable if we didn't have this hope. But thank God we have this hope. So we don't sorrow like the world. We don't think like the world. Respond like the world. That's why this pastor in Indiana can respond like he is. Not because he's some robotic figure that never has gotten in touch with his true emotions. It's because he knows Psalm 121. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. I will look under the hills from whence cometh my help. That promise and that truth of God's Word always alive inside of me. That's what we trust. Sandy, I see you back there. I've been praying for you and your family. You, the hope of God. The, the powerful work of God in our lives. That's what we trust. I see you here, Janice. I see you here. I call her Janice. I see her here. Surgery this week. You trusting in the Lord. You've made it to the house of God this morning. Rick Wiley made it to the house this morning. Power of God. Melissa Beckett's here. We, we just sent Danny to heaven a few weeks ago. But here she is with her boys in tow. She's not giving up. Why? Because it hurts less? No. Because she has hope. Hope in Christ. Hope in God. We won't give up. We won't lay down. We won't quit. We won't stop. We keep moving forward in the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the, the God of all hope now fill you with peace and love and joy. Abounding in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. What God has thought of everything. Everything that you need. He's here to take care of us this morning. He came. He came. Did he ever come? And history has been changed forever. He even split his coming split time right in two. Every time I see the date, write it down. I think, yeah, praise God. Even sinners and atheists got to give God glory. Every time they write the date down. A-D-B-C. A.D. 2015. Glory to God. He came. He came. I'm surprised yet they haven't protested and decided that we can no longer write the date. I probably just put it out there and now we'll hear it this week. <laughs> Politically incorrect. We are in... There is no name for this year. We are just... Here. 
It's in the month of December. What year? Just here. We're just here. I'm telling you, it's, it's unbelievable the way the prodigals run. You want to get away from the truth that can save them. Hope. Hope is where it begins. Oh, there are other gifts. We're going to get to peace and love and joy, and it's going to be awesome. You're going to be shouting. But it starts with hope. It starts with this greatest gift of hope. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Hope. No book has ever been written that has more beautiful, beautiful definitions and adjectives that describe a God anywhere like our scriptures do. The New Testament calls him the God of all comfort, the God of compassion, the God of consolation, the God of patience, the God of peace, and yes, the God of hope. Without hope, we would all die, but we have been given hope, hope in a child, hope in, in a relationship, hope in humanity, even in mice. There's a scientific experiment conducted a while back. A group of behavioral scientists put some wharf rats in a tank of water and observed them to see how long they would survive before drowning. I know this is terrible. For all the animal lovers in the house, which should be most everybody, this is not a cool experiment, but nevertheless, it's been done. But there was something important that, that they found out. The average time for those wharf rats was 17 minutes. This is as long as they lasted in water. Then they repeated the experiment, but this time they rescued the rats just before the point of drowning. Dried them off, returned them to their cages, fed them and let them play for a few days. Pampered them and treated them like kings. The average time of survival for these rats increased from 17 minutes to 36 hours. The scientists explained that the phenomenon that they were looking at was that the rats, there was no difference, there was nothing measurable other than the fact that somehow inside those conditioned rats who had been rescued before, they had hope. And it's sad the way it turned out, so I went ahead and put my own ending. At the 36th hour, they reached in, rescued them, pampered them, fed them cheese, and took them to a church so they could be church mice. <laughs> but here's a quote from the scientists. They said they were able to survive because they had been saved. They had been saved. They were able to survive because the first group had never been rescued, had no hope of being rescued. The second group knew what it was like to be rescued. So they literally had this hope down inside of them that somebody was going to come through and there was cheese waiting at the end of this trial. So you and I as believers, Jeff, we know and we do have confidence and we don't have a hope that is in the hands of man. We have a hope that is in the hands of the Son of Man. 
the Son of God. And He promises that you and I will go through the storms, but He will be a covert from the storm. We'll go through battles, but we will not fight for there is more for us than are against us. And we know that the promises of God say that we will literally become victorious, angels encamped around about us, and we will enjoy the testimony of our victories when we belong to God. If we will hold on to hope. How many of you have ever found, or you would testify this morning, that God has always come through for you? Always come through for you. I didn't say that. Did God always give you everything that you need, you know, inside your desires, your, your, your fancy ideas, and all the luxuries of life that you want? Did He always give you everything you wanted? No. But God has always come through. Always. He's never failed me in my life. In the hardest, most difficult hours of my existence, He has never failed me. Never. I have always been able to trust Him. And He's always, like that star leading those wise men, He has always shown me the path that leads to Him. Always. I've been in some crazy places. I, you already know about my mom and our family, how we lost her at a young age. And, and it killed me when I walked out of that hospital. I, I didn't think I could get through that. She was too precious and too important. We need her, God. You know we need her. My want and my desire that it was through that whole process and journey that I learned about the compassion and the grace. I learned that grace had a face. It was there for us. And we grew strong through our trial. Stronger than we had been. And Mama received her reward. And several years later, I looked back and I was like, wow, it, it had to happen. It had to. And the timing of God's plan and design for my whole family my father, for our family. It had to happen. But it isn't sometimes until we get through it and we look back that we see the value that comes to us through it. Trust in the Lord. Lean on Him. And in every way you walk, have your life, acknowledge Him. And He'll direct your path right to Him. Stand with me this morning. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds tomorrow. And because he lives. Because he lives. Father, I pray over the next few moments that you would touch our hearts together we are challenged to trust in you. Speak to the hearts of your people by your Holy Spirit. As we prepare for this prayer time, you'll notice that our pastors are, are in the altar this morning, and I would invite you, if you need special prayer, you can slip out at any time to meet them in the altar, and they will pray with you. You're invited to do that. But I want to speak to us as a congregation. I want to speak to us as Christians. And I want us to remember, man, we, you may have come in here today and maybe the wrestling match of trials and troubles have caused you to not have hope, to feel lost 
in the trials of your life. I ask you, I plead with you, allow the Lord to fill you with renewed strength today. Take the gift and promise of God's gift to the earth, hope, and let it be birthed deep inside you, renewed inside your heart again. Quit looking to the left and to the right and to the arm of flesh. Quit looking to people to make things right. Look under the heavens and allow the hope of glory, God Almighty in His power, to cause you to know His peace, His love, and His joy. Let the Lord touch you this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here and you need Jesus today, that's the first step to accept the hope of God alive in your heart. If you're here today and you need Christ, would you slip up your hand and write back down? We're going to pray with you today. If you're here today and you need Christ, we're going to pray a prayer right now. And I would love to pray it with you. Are you here? Pastor, pray with me. I want to be included in this prayer to receive Christ. God bless you. Is there anyone else? God bless you. I need Jesus, Pastor. All right. God bless you, sir. Amen for these that have lifted their hand. We're going to pray. And as we do, before we pray, I'm actually going to ask the church, if you would, those who lifted their hand, but also the congregation, as many of you as will. It's early. It's four minutes after 12. Would you get out from your seat and meet us all now in the altar? Could we be dismissed in the altar this morning with special prayer? Just come. Everyone who will, come. Come quickly. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Find somebody close by so they're not standing alone. Just somebody you can just you know stand next to them. Don't have to make a big deal. Just look at them and let them know they're not by themselves. Let's sing that out one good time. Revealed in us His name is called One more time, let's sing it, Emmanuel. Oh, Emmanuel. God with us, the hope alive. Emmanuel. His name. Thank you, Lord. His name is called. His name is called. Emmanuel. We're going to pray a prayer. This prayer in and of itself is not a prayer, a magic formula, but prayed from your heart. It'll change your whole life. We're going to the Lord. The greatest thing you can do at Christmas is give your heart to Christ. These that have lifted their hands, perhaps you didn't. 
but you're ready to pray let's pray this together as a congregation let's all pray together dear Lord Jesus come into my heart forgive me of my sins I come to you in Christ your name you are the Son of God you died on the cross for me you rose from the dead now I know you purchased my salvation I accept you as my Lord I declare your Lord of my life I believe this in my heart and I confess it now with my mouth so according to your word I'm saved in Jesus name help me every day amen amen praise God for these that have accepted the Lord today our discipleship pastor is right here and she is lifting her hand, the right hand, and I want you to go see her out in the lobby today. Her and the team are there to help you get established in your relationship with Jesus. But right now, in the closing prayer together, let's pray for the hope that's alive in each one of us. We don't, we're not discouraged. We may be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. We are maybe perplexed at times, but we are not forsaken. We are children of God, and we have hope. We have, oh, I want to hear it again. We have, amen. And the Grinch can't take it from you. Amen, amen. Father, as we come before you, we thank you for this most precious gift. I pray that you will touch our hearts as we prepare over the next several weeks, Lord, to to celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. I pray that you will minister to your people. Touch us in our hearts and lives. Fill us with that love, that peace, that joy that comes through abounding hope. We pray for this in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you the honor and the glory for it, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. Merry Christmas to you. Richard. As you're on your way out, we want you to, to remember tonight is the Christmas mix. It's a young adult service tonight. Everybody's invited, but it is the young adult emphasis. Afterwards, young adults, we are going to be meeting in the gym. After the service, we're going to be having desserts. If you would, please bring a dessert with you. This is for 20s and 30s, our young adult ministry. That's tonight at 6 o'clock. God bless you all. Have a wonderful afternoon. You've been watching the worship service from the Stratford Heights Church of God. On behalf of Pastor Ray, we thank you for spending your time with us. Stratford Heights is always available to hear from you. For more information, visit us online at shcog.com. If you would like to pay your tithes or gifts, you can also do that online as well at shcog.com. This broadcast is made possible from people just like you who come together to worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whenever you're in the southwestern Ohio area, we would love to have you join us for service. Our Sunday service schedule is at 8.30 and 10.40 a.m. and at 6 p.m. Sunday evenings. On Monday, it's Celebrate Recovery. Tuesday, the Oasis Youth Group. Wednesday night, it's the Family Life Night. And Thursday, the Esperanza Hispanic Worship Service. Please join us at the Stratford Heights Church of God in Middletown, Ohio.